Squares Fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Welcome, everyone, from Autumn Oaks in Richmond, Indiana. Man, it's great to be back in the town where history is made. The crowd's here. This is a Friday morning at Autumn Oaks. Uh, there's a lot of people on the grounds, and uh, we're set up here in the media center with UKC right adjacent to the head shed over there where Alan Gingrich and, and all the staff uh, conduct the business of, uh, of UKC. But uh, we're going to do several interviews throughout the weekend, and I'm really fortunate here to uh, have uh, as our first uh, guest on the podcast today, Ben Sheets. Uh, that's a name that I'm sure that you're familiar with if you uh, listen to Hound Podcast uh, as I do. I think uh, I know when Chris Powell and I started uh, Houndsman XP about three years ago, we were pretty much the only game in town. And uh, now things have kind of expa- uh, exploded, so to speak, and there's a, a lot of them. But Ben, it's good to have you. Ben Sheets, what's the name of your podcast again? It's uh, Tree Talking Time. Tree Talking Time. Now, you started out on the uh, w Hunting yes. Supply Podcast Network, right? Yep. I um, had actually reached out to Jason just talking about podcasts and and kind of saying, hey, do you think there's room for more? And that was even before they branched out and had Bear um, on there. So that's um, that was hmm, about a year and a half ago or, yeah, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And so right after I started talking to Jason is when Bear started producing podcasts for him, and then I came pretty soon after that. Okay, good. Well, what's your background been in Hounds? I, I've, I've listened to your podcast for sure, but the old memory is not <laughs> as good as it used to be, so I probably will botch up if I try to create a, uh, a, bi- a bio <laughs> on you. But give me a little of that background. Um, let me see. I'm 32 now. So when I was 18, I went to college and I had been a fan of tree dogs and I was on all the forums and, you know, all right. wanted to be a coon hunter, wanted to be a squirrel hunter, wanted, wanted to be in the woods. And my family just wasn't, wasn't something they did. So when I went to college, um, there was a guy that lived about a half an hour from the college and I basically lived at his house while I was in school. And he gave me a key to the house, said, come in, get a tracker, get a gun, go get a dog. And hit the woods and so that's what i did in all my spare time and it's just snowballed from there and that's cool that's uh every houndsman's dream i guess is somebody <laughs> to provide you with all the gear and yeah <laughs> i mean i quickly started amassing my own but because you know i came home and then i'm like well i don't have any of my own stuff so i started buying my own stuff but for the first i don't know six eight months of me hunting it was yeah you know, mooching off of him. <laughs> right, right. I got you. Well, the state of Pennsylvania is a great sportsman state. Mm-hmm. You know, you basically, you got all the things that I really enjoy doing. I've never been much of a deer hunter, although I do deer <laughs> hunt a little bit. I was just talking to my buddy, Keston Jesse, that uh, uh, is up here for his first autumn oaks, and we'll be talking to Keston in a little bit. But uh, he, he is a seven-night-a-week coon hunter. Uh, but he also likes to deer hunt and, mm-hmm. and has a lot of private property there in, in Virginia. So I'm probably going to go, go take the old old <laughs> uh, muzzle loader, you know. And yeah. 
I like to kind of do things the traditional way, although yep. I realize these new muzzle loaders are not quite <laughs> what, what David Crockett used. But mm -hmm. but yeah, that, well that's that's really cool. Well, um, is this your first automobile? It or? is. All right, that's I, cool. Uh, I got in this morning and just been taking it all in. Yeah, well, Terry Walker was just by the booth here just a minute ago and brought some stuff up for me. And Terry, of course, publishes American Cooner, Full mm -hmm. Cry, The Rabbit Hunter, and uh, The Hunter's Horn, yep. uh, Hound Magazines. And we're commenting about, you know, there's no joking. I mean, there's no use of sugarcoating it. The crowds are not what they were at okay. one time. At one time... Today, you'd be out there walking, and you'd be kind of elbowing your way through the crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, but COVID had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Uh, kind of slammed it, uh, sure. body slammed it, you know, three years ago. Well, this is the third year since. Uh, but And last year was kind of a bit of a comeback year, and I think this year is definitely better than last. So Good. But, yeah, yeah. Keep, it's it, keep a, it on the rise. Right. Yeah, they last night they had uh, something that we didn't have when I was at UKC. Is uh, we had uh, they had what they call the duels, mm -hmm. uh, and the dogs that won a cast last night uh, get to show in the show today. Yeah, and that may be going on now. I'm not sure. I don't know. I walked over there. They're showing something. You know, they had different dogs and rings, but I don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah what the it was. bench show is a big part of of. Uh, autumn oaks mm -hmm. anymore I well it always was and when i was here we named it the world's largest coonhound bench show and it certainly oh, was yeah, I'm sure. and still is but this is kind of an interesting deal your dog has to be a, a night champion or above mm -hmm. and they draw them out by breeds so you're hunting on thursday night you're hunting against only dogs of your breed yeah and then if you win the cast uh, and there can be more than one cast per breed. As mm -hmm. with my breed, the plots, they had uh, two, three dog casts last night. I okay. Think. But um, anyway, then if you win your cast, that's your ticket to show in the show. There you go. But I, I guess you have to be a, a show champion maybe already. Gotcha. But anyway, I hope to get over there and take in a little bit of that mm -hmm. after a while. Physically, the layout here, the building we're in, Ben, used to be the main building, the only okay. building. And there was a, 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 a stage on the east end of the building, and and this was where everything took place. And the kitchen was on one side, and okay. the breed association tables and all on the other. But now with the other center over there, that enabled them to expand all mm -hmm. that. So, so there's been an evolution. You definitely know. think they needed the space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back in the day, we wanted to do a breeder showcase where we had hound uh, uh, breeders could display their stud mm -hmm. dogs and all. And there's been an evolution with that. That's yeah. kind of gone away. Internet's kind of taken over yep. all that now. You see some of that out there. You see a couple yeah. guys with mm -hmm. stud dog, you know, banners and. Right, right. Yeah, I know Kevin Cable. He's been one of the big winners in mm -hmm. in in the hunts over the last few years. I know he's. I saw his display out there and all, but. Yeah, there's a lot of memories here, but it's it's neat to get the perspective <laughs> of, of a first timer, yeah. you know, like you. No. So, what are you what are you doing here? What what's oh, your I just plan? came to see it. Uh, yeah, I've never been. You know, all these hound podcasts, you guys talk about it, and yeah. So, I wanted to come experience it and see what 
What was well, all here? Good. Well, at least we're doing something good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, oh, that's great. I, <laughs> I've just been enjoying seeing Keston uh, here at his first auto Oaks. He, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to run out of money, though. <laughs> he keeps going back and forth from that vendor's bar. Oh, I know. You can easily do it. Lights uh, and boots and jackets and garment oh, yeah. stuff and yeah. whatever else you need. It's like a houndsman's shopping mall here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and traditionally the guys all, you know, kind of stock up for the fall season, for yeah. hunting seasons coming up. Mm-hmm. So they're buying boots and lights and leashes and collars and, and of course, there's always the T-shirts. and all. One thing you got always uh, got to do while you're here is stop at the ice cream truck. Okay. There should be an, <laughs> a food truck down there with ice cream. That's a Automoke's tradition. A hot so, spot. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I'll make sure I do that. What kind of dogs you got at home now? I have leopard hounds. Oh yeah. But if people are not familiar, the leopard hounds are kind of like in this little purgatory of are they a cur or are they a hound? And yeah. my dogs favor the old cur dogs. Yeah. And uh, and that's on purpose. I wanted I wanted the more cur type mm-hmm. leopards. So. Well, the leopard hound came into the registry after I left UKC, mm-hmm. but I'm glad to see them. And uh, and in my experience, I had a uh, some hunts with uh, some leopard dogs on bear in yeah. West Virginia. They came from Richard McDuffie yep. in North Carolina or mm-hmm. South Carolina. I think he, Richard was in North Carolina to begin with, and at the so. end of his his. Uh, Life was in uh, down around Aiken, South Carolina, I think. Okay. But uh, I had the privilege of going to the American Cur Breeders Association's, mm-hmm. what they call the World Hunt. Yep. It was at Steve Ingram's place in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's when I was at UK. Was State. that when Steve owned it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, who did you hunt with in West Virginia that had leopards? I, we hunted with a group of bear hunters in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. And uh, a guy named Jimmy Thomas was kind of like the the general of the, okay. of the deal. He'd been, he lived there in a little town of William uh, Williamsburg, not to be confused with Virginia. Mm. But this is a little community there in Greenbrier County. And uh, those guys hunted predominantly gray dogs mm-hmm. of all hound types. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have plot dogs. My dad was a purist. He yeah. had always had plot. <laughs> but um, Jimmy had ordered a couple of pups from Richard McDuffie. Okay. Now, I know mm-hmm. somebody in Greenbrier. That's why I was curious. Well, I don't know. These guys weren't big breeders. Mm-hmm. In fact, my dad was always frustrated with them. He said, you've got such good dogs here. You need to have a breeding program. You yep. need to be recording the ancestry on these dogs and making some plain crosses. Mm-hmm. But what, and, and if any of them are listening, you know I'm telling you the truth. You just, they just wanted to bear hunt. Yep. And when a dog got old or a dog got killed, they just went looking for another dog. Mm-hmm. They didn't see, they didn't get the big picture of breeding their own stock. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a really good friend that's a breeder that's consist- consistently putting out what you want, mm-hmm. yeah. You, if you find something you want, you've got to perpetuate it. 
Well, that that's for sure. But anyway, there were these two dogs, and I believe they were brothers. And one of them was called Stub because he had a bobtail. Mm -hmm. And the other one was called Rattler. And um, the Rattler dog, was they were both merle color. Mm -hmm. The Stub dog was a red merle. Okay. And the Rattler dog was more of a blue mm -hmm. merle. Uh they had the you know the gla the white eye okay. and that sort of thing. Uh, old Stub was a a big stocky dog, real flat head, a kind of a medium ear, mm -hmm. uh, and both these dogs were that way. Yeah, but Stub was just uh, a lot more. Uh, he was just impressive. There was just a lot of dog there, and was a whale of a bear dog. Sounds like a good one. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the rattler dog was too. Mm -hmm. They in the mountains they called these leopard colored dogs rattlesnake. I've heard that. You from heard that else. before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so rattler was Jimmy's old long tail rattlesnake. He called him, <laughs> and he had a long tail like yep. a hound. And uh, those dogs, I hunted with them for several years. This mm -hmm. was in the seventies. Okay, and. Uh, yeah, it uh, it was good times. Uh, I remember one morning I had uh, I was I had to work that week and the bear season was in and I got up real early. I at that time I was working for Ford mm -hmm. and uh, I drove uh, my my company car <laughs> to the top of the mountain. There was a parking place there and. Of course, I had a CB in it, and I called the hunters and all, and said, somebody come around here and pick me up. And I got to the top of the mountain. They were always sitting in there, uh, standing along uh, on top of the mountain. And way off in the distance, they said, come here and listen. And I could hear these two dogs, ow, 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 <laughs> ow. And, he, and uh, he said, you recognize those dogs? And I said, well, for sure, one of them's fancy. That was my dad's best dog. Okay. And um, and he said, yeah, that's Stub and Fancy. They're treed on a bear in there. And uh, we've got to go in there and, and get them. And uh, I remember that hunt. We drove way back in ahead of this old strip mine, and we got in there. And the bear was harvested, and it hung up in the tree. And oh, had to man. climb up in the tree and mm -hmm. get it out and all. But that was a memorable uh I didn't get to hear all the hunt with mm -hmm. him, but that that stub dog was definitely a good bear dog. Yeah, it could run up with the you know the wooden. Mm -hmm. It wasn't short really on anything. Nose. Yeah. Uh, hunt hustle mouth. Now there's a lot yeah. of people that use them on big game. Mm -hmm. yeah. And actually, a lot of the McDuffie stock, if you can still, I mean, it's you know like you watered said with your dad, it's watered down. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's I mostly big game to stuff. Silence my phone. <laughs> Here, sorry about that. Well, I tell you what, Ben, tell me what your plans are for your podcast. What's going on? What, how's that going? And all? Oh, it's going good. Um, growing. You know, every month's been steady growing. I've uh, been talking to a lot of squirrel dog people lately. Yeah. Uh, I kind of talk to a little bit of everybody. Yeah. So. Well, you know, when I was with Houndsman XP, we wanted to kind of incorporate everybody. Mm -hmm. And I found out after a while that, you know, something I knew 
of course, I did my share of bear hunting with my dad because mm-hmm. that's, and I still love to go. Yeah. I don't have any bear hounds. I can't keep a pack of bear dogs that's hunted me. down. And I all, would if I know. could. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I found out something I should have known all together. My first love is coon hunting. Okay. And, you know, after all the years with the registries, I know a lot of coon hunters. Yep. Opportunities there to talk to a lot of people and all. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how. Chris Powell and I, he he wanted to reach out more to the big game hunters, yep. and and that's great, you mm-hmm. know. But I just didn't have that as much interest in doing that. Yeah. So we were kind of uh, there's my friend Ronnie Stark from Mississippi <laughs> walking by. Come on back by, Ronnie. We'll talk to you in a little bit. I'm on the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we um, uh, kind of. You know, I decided, well, we kind of go a little different direction. Yep. And, no, I understand. And, and then we finally evolved into this Gone to the Dogs thing, which was a, a yep. spinoff on my book title. Yep. So, uh, but, yeah, it's been fun. and uh, Definitely. I still would, you know, always enjoy anybody that likes tree dogs, you mm-hmm. know. You know, but. That's uh, me. I, I just enjoy walking behind some good dogs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh so how many are you feeding right now? I have three. Yeah, that's, hounds. That's, that's good. We got that's some other good. yard dogs and yeah. house dog, but <laughs> well, we got a dachshund that rules the house. He he owns the place. Yep. Of course, that's Alice's dog. So you you get that. I guess. Mm-hmm. Are you married, Ben? Yep. Yeah. Kids. Yep. Got two little boys. Oh, awesome. Five and two. They're a handful. <laughs> oh, I bet you got some hunters coming along though. Yep. The five year old he he likes to go. Um, I make sure we hunt one farm it's got some nice trails and we try to make it a, an enjoyable experience for yeah, him but yeah so yeah. i don't drag him out too often but that way we keep it fun right well do you have a website or uh, i'm on every social media there is pretty yeah. much uh, and how can people get in touch with you tree talking media on facebook instagram tiktok the podcast is tree talking time and it's everywhere um, this month, actually, I just started writing an article for Full Cry. Awesome. Um, there was an article also published in Bear Hunting Magazine this month oh, cool. that I wrote. Cool. Now, it's not about the podcast. It's about one of my guests and a good friend of mine. Good. A bear hunter. Yeah, well, I'm I'm writing the big game, uh, the legendary bear dog mm-hmm. series yep. for uh, Colby with mm-hmm. Bear Hunting Magazine. I, I enjoy doing that. Oh, I know. It's, it's very Yeah, that's a great magazine. Yeah. Every yeah. month. Well, Clay, Clay Newcomb's kind of moved on to bigger things, yep. you know, with its bear grease. And it's interesting. I told Clay, I said, you know, my dad always, every so often, he would get somebody to render out bear fat mm-hmm. to make grease to grease his boots with. Okay. He always wore leather boots yeah. in the mountains. And he loved that bear grease. Mm-hmm. In, I have in some friends boots. that swear by it, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's a small world, isn't it? But. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we got to keep this hound sport going. Definitely. Uh, you know, and uh, there's so much, so many positives to it, and so many people, yep. the negatives all come from people that don't understand it. Exactly. You know, and so. And that's what we need. We need more positive all right. out there. So. Yeah. Well, Ben, it's great talking to you, man. Same Glad to you. you stopped by the booth. Uh, yep. I'd really like to sometime do a whole whole show with you. Sounds uh, great. This we'll week at, at uh, Autumn Oaks, we're trying to do. Uh, some short subjects, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of. Absolutely. If Col- Colby told me if I'd give him a good map, he'd try to piece it all <laughs> all together when I'm done. So that's kind of the plan. Have fun, but, Colby. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, really. But uh, it's great to have you on the show, Ben, and I well, certainly I wish it. you 
best of luck with your with your endeavors. Thank whatever you. they Okay, we're uh, fortunate that a uh, fellow that I've known and known of for a great many years from down in southern Indiana, Rex Robinson, stopped by the booth. How you doing, Rex? I'm doing good today, Steve. Good. It's great to see you again. We were just kind of reminiscing a little bit. I, I, the first time I went to your part of the world was, would have been to Plot Days in Boonville years ago. Yeah. And uh, you remember those days? Tennyson held Plot Days, 1978. 1979. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 79 was the first year I was president of the Plot Association. There you go. And so we, uh, but we had been to, to Boonville in 78, as you say, and I knew it was a good spot. And back then, uh, I wanted to start this uh, Bear Dog Championship. And uh, back in those days, we had a bear on a rope. Yes, I remember all <laughs> People that. People today say, you what? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Tom Telford from Illinois had a pet bear, and, uh, you know, we had some bear baying contests and things. That, the first one we had was there in, in Boonville. But I always liked to go to that Warwick County Coon Club and uh, had a nice pond there. And all. Is that club still there? Oh, yeah, it's still yeah. there. Is it active? Yeah, still? they still have swim races probably two or three a year. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. We've got a little plot dog. Uh, my partner down North Carolina, we've been putting him in a few swim races, and that's not what we have him. We want to make a coon dog out of him. He's still Ours is more a family day. They, yeah. They're UKC sanctioned, and they'll have them before the hunt, you know, at yeah. five o'clock, they'll, yeah. yeah. they'll have a swim race. Right. Well, let's talk about Autumn Oaks a little bit. How many years have you been coming? Do you have any idea? Rick? I came, Steve, and I've missed a couple along the way due to work and stuff, but I came to my first Autumn Oaks in 1974. Melvin, huh? and I know that date because my brother Melvin, he drove a 1974 brand new Ford Super Cab, and we went to Greencastle, Indiana. Oh, yeah. And I camped out. He took Ford, I, four hounds with him. And we camped out in the trade barn. I stayed in a lawn chair for two nights up there. And <laughs> my, his, my sister-in-law and him went down the road and got a motel room. But I stayed there with the dogs at night. It didn't take me too long to figure out that uh, the trade dog scene wasn't much for me. I wanted a competition coon hunt. But that was my first one. And I've been coming to them ever since. I, like I said, I've missed a couple. Yeah, yeah. Why do you like to come to Autumn Oaks? What's the it's, appeal to you? Up here at Richmond, it's it's the hunting. It's probably yeah. it's probably it's the hunting's diverse, but it's probably the best coon population of northern Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good here. I know when we brought it here, it was kind of an evolution there. I went to AKC, UKC, excuse me, in uh nineteen eighty three full time. And they had scheduled Autumn Oaks for Oak Harbor, Ohio, and it was up there on the lake and it's beautiful spot and all but the entries were dwindling yeah and then in 84 we decided to bring a home had a homecoming to indiana and we had it in jasper i imagine you were there oh yeah i was there only time i ever placed is that right (laughs) eighth place yep oh awesome well my buddy that's traveling with me he's around here somewhere nubbing more uh, he won it that year. He was an overall um, national grand champ, grand night champion with a black dog. And uh, but yeah, and then so we went, were Jasper. I think a couple of years, and then we went to Logansport, 
mm-hmm. and we were there a year or two, and then uh, we got to talking to Dick Warville and these boys down here in Wayne County, and they wanted to build a new club. They had a had a goal in mind if they could raise enough money to build their coon club and all, and so we partnered with them, and you know here it is. You know how many years that's been. I I can't tell you off the top of my head, but it's been a lot. Yeah, it's been a lot. Well, you still hunting? Oh yeah, yeah. Coon hunt a couple nights a week when I'm hunting hard. One yeah. night a week when I'm not hitting it too yeah. hard. I got you. Well, that's <laughs> enough, especially in summertime, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I, it's still hitting me in the back of my head here. A guy from down ten, uh, around Tennyson, Indiana, uh, LZ LZ McDaniel's, McDaniels. owned a dog called McDaniel's Bingo. Bingo. Yep. I remember him well. I remember him being around that club. I imagine he's probably passed on now. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's been several years ago. But, uh, yeah, I always like to go going down that part of the country. He has a rich in history. Daniel Boone mm-hmm. down that part of the country and all. And uh, It was Lincoln's boyhood, boyhood home. Right. Right near it's right there, up the road there. there. Yeah. And then they had that theme park. I can't remember what that was called. I've we used to call it Santa Claus now, and it's Santa called Claus. Holiday World now. Oh, so it's still there. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know the people at Plot Days, they like to take the kids there and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's know, a big man. time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, you did some writing for the magazines. You used to write stories and articles Yeah, I wrote about 43 of them before, before I got, I don't know, too busy or wore out or something. Well, you need to start again. I know. I enjoyed them. I got a little more time now, but I just don't ever get around to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Are you retired now? No, I got about another four years to go. Oh, okay. My wife retired about a year ago, but yeah. I got a I got a little while yet. I see. Well, I didn't really think a whole lot about retirement. It kind of sneaked up on me. But once and once I retired, I was thinking, what am I going to do with my time? You know, and all. But I it didn't take me long to realize I enjoy retirement. Oh, you know? she enjoys it, but I tell you, she's busy every day. Oh yeah, I work. I work five days a week, six every other week, mm-hmm. and uh, she works seven days a week, according right. to her. <laughs> yeah, she works all the time. Well, she's got you to look after, right? Plus, That's <laughs> a big thing. job. That's right. <laughs> well, what kind of hounds? You've kind of liked Walker dogs, haven't I you? I started with Walker dogs, and I still own half interest with my son on a Walker dog. Uh, but I've been hunting black dogs for the past 10 years for really? Herbie Landers. Okay. I hunt right. dogs for Herbie and Debbie Landers. I figured out about 30 years ago, it's a lot cheaper to hunt on somebody else's dog with these hunts. <laughs> so they'll pay for the motorhome room and gas and entries. Yeah. I, I can't afford to pay those. So I hunt someone else's dogs. Well, that's good. Well, there's a need for good handlers, especially guys like me. I'm probably yeah. the worst handler there is, but I'm pretty good about taking care of a dog. Yeah. Well, that's the main thing for sure. So, have you got a dog in there tonight? Yeah, I'm hunting hunt? the chocolate chip dog in the Grand Nights. In the Grand Nights. So, yep. you're going for that. You're going to want to try to get in the Grand 16 what? and all that. Well, that might, be a, that might be a dream goal, but what I'd like to do is just win my cast so I can stay in the black gold race. Oh, I see. I got so, a couple cast wins in down that. there at Winter Classic. Okay. So, all right. Good deal. We got her entered in the world. All right, that's coming up. Yeah, for sure. Now, does that competition end at the end of the year, or how does it that? It ends at the end of the world. Okay. Yeah. At the UKC yeah, World. Yeah, dog with the most points at the end of the UKC World. I got you. Well, that's good. Well, I'll be watching for you. And uh, <laughs> I don't know that I'll be at the UKC World Championship. The last one that I went to was uh, 
at Greencastle in 2016. And yeah. My friend Randy Smith won it that year with Walker Female Sue. But uh, it's always a good time. They'd ask me to judge the show up there, so I went up. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, but, uh, yeah, well, that's great. Well, Rex, it's great to have you stop by here. Hey, it's and, good talking uh, with you, Steve. It's good to see you, too. And uh, I wish you a lot of luck with your with your hunt, and I'll be watching for you in the results there on Sunday morning. We're going to need some luck. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that, it, Steve. That's Rex Robinson. What town are you from, Rex? I'm from Tell City, Indiana Tell? now, about okay. 30 miles from the old home place. Yeah, been to Tell City many times with plot days over the years. Yeah. All right. Well, great to see you. Have a good time, Rex. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Well, folks, as I'm sitting here in the uh, Gone to the Dogs podcast booth, I'm looking over at the UKC table over there, and the hunters are lining up, confirming their entries for tonight's hunt. Uh, this is Friday at Autumn Oaks, of course, the event where history's made, and there's already been some history made, I'm sure, in the hunts and shows that have been going on since yesterday. Folks have been stopping by the booth, and a longtime friend of mine, and uh, used to be a fellow plot guy, but he's kind of, kind of veered off the path just a little bit there. And but he's pretty close. He's got the cur dog, Mr. Marty Stanton from the great state of Indiana. Used to be Missouri, yes, right? Yeah. Marty, how you doing, brother? All right. Good. Good. Sure. Sure. Good to see you, man. I always look forward to seeing the big guy <laughs> from. Uh, from down and I'm, I'm trying to get up there with you marty i but Man, I'm, you I'm, made it yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i the the thing i remember about you so well marty is uh, that good plot female that you used to hunt at, at plot days and all uh, oh. tell my listeners a little bit about her oh she was pretty special i saw a picture over in a book and i told my wife i said i've got to go buy that dog and I brought her home, and she just was probably the best dog I ever owned. I had her for 14 years, and we we won an awful lot of hunts yeah, with her. Yeah, her name yeah. was Weiss's Ozark Clipper. Ozark Clipper, remember it very well. And you were kind of friends with some guys I knew out or got to know out there in Missouri, Robert Hatton yeah. and Mike Houston, of yeah. course, Mike. Do you have any contact with yeah, either of I'm those guys? Yeah, I'm still friends with Mike. Yeah, yeah. I just out and seen him in March. Oh, well, that's awesome. I still go coon hunting out there. Great. And Mike's doing good then, Yeah, right? he's hunting a red bone. A red yes, bone. Sir. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Goodness gracious. Yeah, he is. Well, I kind of strayed off the narrow path a time or two there, you know, with these walker dogs. But I've got a young plot dog that's kind of got me excited right now, and it feels good to have a Brindle one again. But, uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, Mike Houston and, and Wayne Allen – and I used to have kind of a standing date at plot days every year on Wednesday night. We'd go pleasure hunting. Yeah. And we did that for several years in a row and all. But uh, old Clipper, yeah. Tell me about Clipper. What kind of dog she was? She was a chop mouth dog, chop on the tree. She, she'd get treed. She'd be a mile in there, and she sound like she's right by. And that's how uh -huh. I won most of my hunts because she'd get in there deep, and you couldn't hear the other dogs because – she carried so good her yeah. voice that, yeah. you know, we just sat there and waited out and go in and everybody would be there. Was it kind of a high-pitched high pitch chop? Real high yeah. pitch. Well, this young dog I've got, it's kind of got that kind of mouth, you know. And so far, my hearing's pretty good. I, ha I don't have trouble hearing the dogs. A little bit 
when I'm watching TV, the sound gets garbled a little bit to me. But as far as hearing the dogs, it seems to be fine. I hear the PA system here in the background. Of course, we're right here in the operations center for UKC here. The UKC desk is right near me, and the breed association uh, tables and booths and so forth are all around, and, and also the podcasters and uh, and uh, Clayton Stark with uh, Stark Outdoors uh, YouTube channels here and all. But anyway, uh, this dog has got a, a high-pitched chop like that, and you can hear him. I really place, like huh? that. Yeah. We had one up in Michigan. They were bear hunting out over, and you could hear her coming, and you wouldn't hear the other dogs, and then she'd cross the road, and then you'd hear the other dogs, and then they'd cross the road, and then they'd go on, and then you'd hear her again, Still her. and that's all you'd hear. Yeah. But that was one of her pups that they were bear mm. hunting up in Michigan. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's where I kind of learned that, too, back in the mountains of West Virginia, those high-pitched dogs. You could hear them so much further than the others. Well, at some point along the way, after Clipper, was that when you kind of made the decision to go with the... No, I had <laughs> Sue. I still had Sue. That was a pup out of her, and we moved back to Indiana, and she was 12, and when she died, I thought as tight as it was, I was going to start hunting cur dogs, and then I've I've pretty much you. had that since yeah. 98. Right. Well, tell me about your cur dogs. What's the background and all on the dogs you hunt? <laughs> well, I've had tree and curs most of the time, and I had a dog called Wheeler. That was the first night champion and grand night in UKC when when they become, when they started hunting in the coon hunts because we mm -hmm. hunted coon hunts first. Then I granted him in the squirrel hunts. And then we went to mainly just mainly it was just tree and curs. I've had a right. few mountain curs. I like mountain mm -hmm. curs, but I just if they're nice, I'll hunt them. And I'm, I'm hunting a black one right now that, and I had leopard dogs till the, I had leopard dogs for several years, and then they come the seventh breed of hounds, right? And I kind of strayed off of them and just kept the cur dogs, I but I still. I like the plots and the leopards. That's kind of, yeah, you yeah. know, there's not much difference in the people when you get around them. You oh, know? I see. Yeah. You know. And there's, it's funny how that the different breeds that kind of have different cultures, you know. Yeah. The plot family's always been kind of real personable, uh, friendly are. type knit group. Well, I was just over at Brazil. I try not to miss the plot days. Yeah. I, I tried to go. That's good. I didn't get to come up this year. I, didn't really have the motivation to, didn't have a dog to hunt. I, when I go to plot days, I like to hunt, you know, and, and, but we got this young dog. We're, we're so hopeful that he's going to be all right for, for next year, you know, and it's going to, uh, going to Florida, which is a common uh, location for plot days uh, down through the years, you know, but, uh, well, tell me what's the basic difference between the mountain cur and, uh, and, uh, and the tree and cur or whatever you well, mentioned. The tree and is, is was at one time was just the the mixed breed of mm -hmm. all of them. Right, could be anything but a solid white dog. Mm -hmm. And you know that was and the mountain curs have had their they've been registering them longer than fifty. Well, it's probably longer than that now. They've been registering them dogs for a long time, and that they've got a real tight, real good. Deal. They've got a real nice association, and they've got really. I really like hunting with the mountain yeah. curs. You know. Yes. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Well, you know, it's kind of. Uh, I was at UKC, and I talked uh, earlier 
uh, was talking with uh, Ben Sheets, who has a hound podcast, and uh, he hunt is hunting leopards yeah. now and all. And I remember back when I went to the American Leopard Cur Breeders Association when Steve Ingram was operating the association in Ohio, and they had their uh, world hunt, so to speak. And I went out on a cast with four leopard dogs. It was the first time I'd coon hunted with leopards. I'd, I'd bear hunted back in West Virginia. We The guys we hunted with, the guy had a couple of McDuffie curs, you know, came mm-hmm. from, Jay, uh, from Richard, and they were bear dogs. You know, they, they were nice dogs. And But I, I never had, of course, my dad got started off with cur dogs, as a kid, you know, growing up, I heard those old cur dog stories all my life, you know. And I, I'm about ready to, to get another one, I think. Well, <laughs> if they don't cut, plumb out of the... Anymore, they probably hunt about as wise as anything else. They can. They? Yeah. But you can make them come back pretty easy, too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I really like hunting them because yeah. of that. Because now it's kind of gotten where you've got more patchwoods and... We'll be hunting in a woods, and it, and half that woods is leased out, and you get into it, and you've got to make them come back, and everything's changing on oh, this hunt. Oh, it's getting yeah. worse every year for yeah. us that. So yeah, well, we talk with uh, about the guys that are competition hunting and how that world's kind of changed. These guys want these mile deep, you know. Uh, back, basically, my theory is they're hot nosed dogs. They run over a coon. You know, and they and it, they've got a better chance of scoring that coon because they watched him climb the tree, probably, and all of that sort of thing. But then we talk about also with this hunting land shrinking like it is, those kind of dogs are not going to work. No, you're not going to be able to. You're not going to hunt them in a three-hour hunt like we used to. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that was the good old days, yeah. wasn't it? Man, we had some fun times over the years at plot days. Those. It's hard for me to to describe Keston sitting over here, my partner from from Virginia, young hunter, eat up with it, hunt seven nights a week. Uh, it's hard for me to explain to him, you know, how it was back in the day. Uh, but uh, man, I can remember going to Flora and hunting in a hunt and coming in and grab a, a breakfast or something. And then somebody said, well, let's go pleasure hunting. And we go back out there and hunt till nearly daylight. Yeah. And then come back in and stand around and talk to our dogs all day. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, it, I just couldn't get enough of it. You know? Yeah, plot days was always a – 82 was the first year I went to plot days. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't miss one for a long time after that. But mm-hmm. I did kind of slip there for a while. But. Yeah. Well, I did too, and of course, part of it with me, well, there was two I, two things that affected me with plot uh, days. One, I was working with different registries after I went, left UKC and didn't always wasn't always available to do that. But then my dad, when he got to the point that he really wasn't physically able to go, I would not go without yeah. him because he loved. That. Yes, he did. He he looked forward to that year, and, and I can remember just being a kid, Marty. Just like this, you know, going to pot days with my dad and sitting around the table over there in the corner like kids were supposed to do back in that day. And probably in this day, too, but, <laughs> but they don't. But anyway, and listening to Mr. Roark and 
Dale Brandenburger and Benny Moore and old Colonel Bill Rogers back way back there and 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 Kenny Sloan and just all names after a name after a name of these guys sitting around talking about their hunt. They've been, you know, they were young and hunters then, you know. And man, I just my eyes would be big as saucers, you know, sitting and I, I don't know. Prot days was just something that you know. My dad and I, we'd always leave on Wednesday, and we'd usually what we'd do is we'd leave on uh, well early on or maybe Tuesday, but we'd drive all night. We'd leave after work, and then this was in the early seventies or when I got back from yeah. the military, and we'd drive all night to Florida or wherever. Get in there, get set up or whatever, and here comes somebody. And the talking would start, and he'd go nonstop for four days. That was always we would go for a week and take the kids and uh-huh. camp, and oh, you know, it was yeah. a big vacation. Yeah, you know they grew up and everybody knowed everybody's sure. kids, and it was oh, just yeah. uh, you know. That's right. Now you, where do you live now? Flat Rock, Indiana. Okay. And how far is that from here? Uh, about an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay. Is the hunting train where you are about the same as it is here, or is it a little hillier? No, it's it's leveler. Leveler. A lot more rivers, a lot of water. How far are you from, like, Jasper or Lagodi or some of that place? That's about, Jasper's about three hours south of me, southwest of me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, So we're south of Indianapolis, about 40 miles. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that Ace Coon Club at Martinsville, are you fairly close to there? Um. About uh, 40 minutes, probably. Yeah, I remember that. That's one of the first, when I was, they had walker days at Rushfield, and I went over to Ace Coon Club first time, just walking along on the cast. But, uh, yeah, a lot of good times. How many, do you remember Autumn Oaks in this building? Oh, yeah. It was all right here. Heck, yeah. Right up there in front of the doors was the. The stage, you know, right? Yep. Yeah, that was the day when we brought Autumn Oaks here. Uh, it we came back to Indiana in '84 from Oak Harbor. To, from Oak Harbor, and that was at Jasper. Yeah, we had the homecoming. Yeah, yeah, and that was Nubbin Moore won it. He's standing over there in the blue yep. shirt. He wanted. He was overall national grand that year, and uh, but then when we finally got over here to Richmond, we just had a lot bigger grounds and yep. everything, you know. And it's well, I've stayed went to here. all of them, but since I'm 13, I've been to. Autumn Oaks all but two times in 20 when we couldn't come because of COVID. And when y'all went to the Carolinas that year, I didn't go. Yeah, That was the only year. And I went to Coldwater, Oak Harbor, Jasper, Greencastle, and here. I've been so, well, that one that trip to Winston-Salem was the year before I went to work at UKC. So that would have been 82. And I didn't go to okay. that one. Yeah, I did not either. But Jimmy Simpson took me before yeah. I could drive, and that's who got me coming over here. So that is a name somebody asked me just yes or th- this morning, I think it was. It, you know about Jim? Did I know Jim? And I said, Oh yeah, did I knew Jim? Yeah, he and, was is a Patty still living? Yes, yeah, she is. Is she, what a sweet lady she yeah. was. Yeah, Jim Simpson for our listeners was a field rep in this area. And he was just uh, uh, one of the greatest guys you'd ever meet. Never saw a stranger. Real friendly. Big smile all the time. Back in the day, he had a dog called Blue River Finn. That yep. was a, a really standout dog. And he had other good dogs down the line. But 
some of the, this shows me what kind of character Jim was. Of course, I knew him well, but he told me, he said, you know, Steve, Jim would be the field rep at an RQE or something, and I might have a question or a problem that, that didn't go right in the cast. But he said, I wasn't going to take, go in there and worry Jim with that. He said, it didn't mean that much to me. I just didn't want to put Jim through that. That's how people thought about Jim. Yeah. You know, he was just a, yeah. What are your memories of Jim? Oh, well, like I said, he took me hunting when I was little, and he took me to Autumn Oaks, and then I started going to the hunts and the shows with him. And when I was showing, he would, if he was a judge, he said, well, I can't let you have nothing because you rode with me. <laughs> So I started riding with somebody else. <laughs> well, I right. couldn't show my dog. But, oh, Jim was. But it was just how it was. But mm -hmm. I, I went with him and backed him some on his dogs when he got, you know. Uh, and, older. And then that. the last few years, he, he got to feeling good, and he hunted with me, and he hunted a blue tick, and I was hunting a oh. leopard. Oh, and he hunted one whole season with me, and then oh, that's you know, it awesome. was, we had a really good time, and we just took our time, and yeah. I had a lot of fun with him. Oh, so. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things about my job is I got the opportunity to work with some of the best people in the world. And some of them are right here. I've seen them in this room. Nubbin, of course, he was a field rep. Lee Kearns, I was watching the monitor over here. They're showing some show footage. Of course, Lee's always liked to show his dogs and, and hear them. But I can remember in this, booth, uh, this room right here so many people, Dwayne Clark, that had the Spring Creek Rock Dog, you yes. know. It, it, just anybody yeah. that you can think of in the Coonhound world has been to Autumn. Oaks, <laughs> Did you know? you know he was a plot man before? He I was did, a walker I didn't, man? I didn't oh, realize. yeah. Dwayne, well, he come up and hunted with us when I lived in Missouri. Okay. Several of those walker guys. Yeah. Mike Boone, and mm -hmm. and and he said that he had his dogs in a, had a flash flood, and it, like, took out all his, and he started over. And when he started over, he started back with walkers because my dog was a Spring Creek dog and so was his. So, well, I'll be darned. I never heard that yeah. story, Mark. But he kept telling me, get rid of them and get a walker. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. But well, I've sat right here in this room and listened to Mike Boone tell story after story after story. And what a, he just passed here within I the know last he did. year I saw or so. It. He I did think. last year. Yeah. And that, yeah. Well, there's another famous Walker man uh, that started out with plots that people might hear us talk about J.C. Ellis. J.C. owned the Johnson's Banjo dog at one time that people credit with putting a tree dog in the Walker dogs for a lot of them and all. And J.C. and I talked about that a long time. He had plot dogs way back. And then Paul Sheffield, who owned yeah, the Hardwood Dan Sheffield. dog, you know, and won the Purina race twice. He had uh, plot dogs. He started off with plots and had some good ones, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing the history that's here. Well, what do you what are you finding to do this year? The crowd. What do you think about the crowd? I, it's a pretty good crowd this year. I think it's There's more after, campers here yeah. than they was last year. Uh -huh. I mean, a lot more. Well, I think it, we're still kind of in a rebuilding stage a little bit after that COVID, as you mentioned, in 2000. Right. I didn't come. They didn't permit any vendors right. that year, unless uh, just the sponsors, I guess. And so I don't know. I wasn't here. But that's the first one I've missed in quite a long time. But uh, it's always uh, good to be here. It's for it sure. is. It's kind of like coming home. It is. It is. It Seeing is. everybody. 
So. Well, that's what those years, you know, when in 82, where they were, uh, well, 83, when I went to work for UKC, they had already planned it for Oak Harbor, Ohio. And, you know, the entries had, had dwindled. We were down to 200 and some dogs up there for the whole thing, which was, that wasn't Autumn Oaks, you know. I said, no, we can uh, either get this thing back to Indiana. And it did. And it brought the crowd it, back. It did. It, it did for sure. For sure. Well, Marty, it's great to be visit with you. Always good to see you. And, uh, and uh, if I got Keston, you got a minute to snap a picture of us, or did you do one already? Got one? All right. My buddy Keston, Jesse over there, he's, he's taking some pictures for me now. We're going to get him on here. Well, it's glad talking bit. with you, Steve. Well, it's good to talk to you, Marty. Always great to see yeah. you, buddy. Well, it's good to see a gentleman that I've wanted to catch up with for a long time. In fact, I'd like to do a whole episode with this guy sometime in the future. Uh, he's known all across the Midwest as being a, a very knowledgeable houndsman from Otterburn, Indiana, Bruce Jansen. How you doing, Bruce? All right. How are you? Good, good. It's good to have you sit down here with me for a few minutes while you're uh, getting around here enjoying Autumn Oaks. Have you come to Autumn Oaks since back in the old days, or how many years you've been coming now, you think? Oh, gosh. Since uh, the early part of Greencastle, I think. Really? Yeah. yeah. It started in 1960 there. Yeah, I wouldn't have been there then. Yeah, it went uh, to Paducah, Kentucky, and then up to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Then it came back to Greencastle and stayed there for nearly 20 years, yeah. I guess. I would imagine around 1970. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're still coon hunting. How old are you now? 73. Yeah, well, you're a little behind me. I got yeah. you by two years. <laughs> I wish I tell you, could tell you it gets easier. <laughs> no. It gets tougher every year. Yeah, it does. I don't think. These young fellas, they, I talk with Nubbin Moore, my buddy there, that I, he's my running partner. We talking coming up the road yesterday uh, on our drive up here. That uh, he said, you know, back in the day when he was coon hunting, a good running competition hunts. In fact, he won this overall, the whole national grand in '84 uh, with a black dog at Jasper, Indiana. And he said, you know, back in those days, there'd be some older guy on the cast, you know, and I'd say, why don't that guy keep up? You know, I, we don't, we need to get in there and score this tree and all. And he said, no, nah, I'm that older guy. And he said, I won't hold those hunters up like I, yeah. that used to aggravate me. And I don't, I don't want to do that. But, uh, but, uh, do you still competition hunt any? I haven't for about two years, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit of background about you, about your background with hunting. Did you, uh, with hounds, did you start as a kid or did you? Um, when I was uh, about 16, I got a bird dog and I had them for a long time. It was probably, mm -hmm. uh, I was probably 17 when I got my first hound. I bought a walker pup off my brother-in-law. He coon hunted. Uh, he was off of uh, uh, Hershberger's Oklahoma spot. Spot? Yeah. yeah. Well-known Walker dog. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Was was he a blaze face dog like? No. Um, no? He was a, 
I wouldn't call him brown. He was almost orange and white. Oh, okay. And his yeah. littermate brother was colored similar, but he had more color. And he had a littermate sister that was a nice tricolored female. Yeah. And she came in heat about every three months. Oh, my goodness. He ended up selling her. <laughs> if you're a hunter, I guess if you're raising puppies, that might not be yeah. bad. But yeah. I told him raise litter of pups. Maybe she'd quit doing that, but yeah. he'd had enough. Well, Bruce, you, uh, you know, we're here at Autumn Oaks, and, of course, I know you enjoyed seeing a lot of friends and people that you've known. Unfortunately, a lot of them, for me, have passed on, you yep. know, the people that I always enjoyed seeing here every year. But I know you to be a guy that uh, thinks about these hounds and, and how to train them and how to uh, work through problems with them and stuff and all. How, how did you develop all just your experience? Or tell me about the process there. I mean, you you kind of study dogs, don't you? Yeah. I'd yeah. say 90% of what I know a dog taught me. I got you. You were just, talking about hunting some uh, about it and, and telling them to, you know, kind of pay attention to the dog. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, that's what I want to explore with you a little bit. And, and I do want to get a commitment from you, if I can, that we'll do a full-fledged podcast together, you and me, because I think there's so much stuff that you could share, especially with these younger hunters, that would really help them. And I know, I feel like, I don't know you that well, but I feel like you're a guy that would like to help these younger hunters. I've, I've helped a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Well, where's that start? How does a guy start with a, young, with a pup or a young dog? I, I, what's the process that you go through with a young one? Well, it, that's the tough part with hounds. It varies with every one of them. Yeah, uh, like uh, Milo that I told you and your buddy about, you know, I just, I knew he was treeing cones and just wasn't barking up, so I, I made him bark up, didn't mm. give him any choice. Uh, if he had any tree somewhere in there at all, he was going to tree. Now, how did you go about doing that? I live trapped, he was uh, running cones over there, and when he'd They'd go up a tree, he'd just drop it and go somewhere else and strike mm -hmm. another track. So I live trapped two coons and uh, took him out there. And when he got fired up, I was hoping they'd go up a tree close by. That don't always happen. But uh, as luck would be, uh, when I let the coon out, he just went right up a tree. Mm -hmm. And I turned him loose immediately. And uh, he just went in there and started treeing. Yeah. So you and made it super easy for yeah, him, what you say. Let him know where them coons went, basically. And then I did the other coons since I caught two, and same thing. Mm -hmm. Took him hunting that night, and he was treeing coons from then on. How about that? Um, well, it just seems that we talk a lot about it flips the switch, you know, with the dog about that moment when it seems like that's the defining moment when they decided, oh, this is what I want to yeah. do. For my life's work, it's yeah. treat these rats. Sometimes yeah. you have to flip the switch for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing with this young uh, semen pup that we that I've got, and my friend Keston, they're on it together. Uh, you know, and she hasn't been a a quick study. You know, she she had the issues, 
when when she came to us, you know. And it was just basically that she hadn't been fooled with, you know. So, uh, and she didn't appear to be gamey. She didn't appear to be interested in anything. First coon she ever saw, she was totally disinterested in it. But uh, just by taking the dog hunting, and of course you and I have corresponded a little bit on some of the things that you suggested that he do with her, and it's really worked with her, you know, and she's she's right at that stage. I think she's in the heat right now, but when she comes out, I think she's going to go on. Might because, make a difference. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Kind of, She needed kind of a timeout anyway, I think. But, uh, well, you've got a dog called Rip right now that you're hunting. Yes. Right? Yes. And I think we talked a little bit about his pedigree. He's out of Frank Giddings' son dog. Yes. And son's produced a lot of good dogs. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've he, hunted five or six. Six, I guess. <coughs> well, uh, you know, I have not hunted personally with son. I've been up to Frank's, you know. Hunting, always enjoy that. Randy and I were up there. Oh, I, it wasn't last fall. It was fall before, I believe, uh, that we were up and hunted with he and Rob and Larry Kiefer and Alan Snedeker and that gang up there. You know, I always enjoy hunting with those fellas. Have you gone up and hunted with Frank some? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Frank's the best coon hunter I've ever known. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a. I think a lot of people would agree with yep. you. They'd have to unless they yeah. they lie on And I, you know, I had this young dog that we talked about called Cruz. He became my thyroid dog and a big disappointment as far as that was concerned. But yeah, hunting with Frank, last tree we made that night, we were heading back to Pennsylvania the next day, Randy Smith and I. Turned them down a fence row and they went in there pretty good long ways, got treed. One of the Young dog out of out of sun. I can't remember exactly what that dog's name was right now, but in this cruise dog of mine, and we're walking down this. Uh, the corn's been cut down, and Frank's walking ahead of me, and I turned on my video camera, and I just videoed Frank just from about his boots up to above his knees, and I said, "I am following the footsteps of a coon hunter yes, right sir. here." Yes, sir. <laughs> one night, one time, the dog there on one of the nights when the cruise dog, I guess he just wanted to show me what he, he cut him in there and he trailed up a coon and our track and did a good job on got tree. Frank went to him by himself. Now, Frank's 80, 83, I think. I think. He's nine years older than me, so he might yeah. be. And he was in there and, you know, and he came back with the dog and he said, they had two coons up there. I said, well, if you tell me there's two coons up there, there's two coons up you there. You can bet on it. <laughs> and uh, what a great guy and what a heritage, you know. But that's one thing all through the years, you know, when I went to Michigan in 83, back then he had still had that reputation of being the hardest hunter anybody yeah. knew, you yeah. know. That's just so, that's a great part about this sport to me is get to meet all these kind of people. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's great. Well, what was your first walker dog? That pup. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, after that, I I uh, hunted black and tans for a few years. I don't remember why. But, <laughs> but the first uh, five night champions and first 
three grand nights were black and tans. I see. And then I met Red Miller. Yeah. And uh, he sent me a different direction for Walker Dogs. <laughs> okay, Otterbein, Otterbein, that I've been there. I've been around there. What's the next biggest town? Or Lafayette. Lafayette, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you ever know the old plot man from Rensselaer, Wayne Griggs? I knew I had met him. Okay, would... that's the only time I've hunted in that area. Wayne lived up there, and he worked at a vet clinic there in Rensselaer. And uh, and he uh, and I, when I was with the Plot Association, I was president, and Wayne was the secretary. So I got to know him quite well, and he bought a dog off my dad, and we hunted over there some and all. It's flat country, a lot of river bottom stuff, or, or flooded timber places seemed to me like this. Is that what you got there where you are? Or? I've got a little bit of everything. Do you? i got easy patches, river bottom, uh, three different creek bottoms. Well, they're all pine creek, little pine, big pine, and mud pine. That's but I, I hunt all them bottoms. Yeah. Uh, a lot of hills in two of them. And the river bottom comes up into hills, so uh, them them are tougher than they used to be. <laughs> I bet. I was trying to think of that coon hunter that Wayne. He had a life, Reuben, somebody that he hunted with all his I life. I remember that know, name. They were just pleasure hunters, you yeah. know, and went about every night it got dark, you know, yeah. especially during the season, you know. They like, and he had some. Wayne had some grandsons that were coon hunting with him back in those days. Now Jeff Rickliffs is from over around that area. Uh, I think he, right? when he lived over there with his mom, that is about. Five or six miles from my house. I see. Yeah. Now, he moved over by Fort Wayne, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Got married. Yeah. Yeah. Wellman will have a way of kind of taking you, different, maybe getting you out of your routine, you know. They'll take you different places. Well, they try. <laughs> try. Mine, mine tried and failed. It didn't work. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, you... Uh, are you seeing any of your old buddies around? Oh, yeah, around? I've seen probably a dozen, I know. Haven't? That's yeah. good. I haven't been over to the vendor barns yet. Uh, yeah. We usually, I usually help Terry Walker in the American Cooner booth. Yeah. And I he doesn't that. have a booth over there this no. year. In fact, Terry was in here earlier this morning. But uh, I got to get over there and just walk around and see what's going on. Yeah, I visited with Mark Zepp. A yeah, a little while. Mark's a long time he, friend. He claims he's coming down this winter. He's been telling me that. Yeah, I, he I needs, hope it comes I, true. Oh yeah, he's a great guy. Oh yeah, yeah, one of the very best. He and I've got. We're, it's like Mutt and Jeff when I stand in a picture with Mark because he's about the tallest guy yeah. I know. Another fella that texted me a while ago and wanted to know where I was and he wanted to come and see me was Brian Ruckman. And Brian, you know, hunted the Beaver Lake Magic yep. Dog, and uh, and he's he may be taller than Mark. I don't know if he's at he's least as tall as Mark. Yeah, Mark could be on his knees and be taller than you and I. That's <laughs> that's right. I first met Mark out in Sedalia, Missouri, as a Redbone days out there, and he this guy comes up to the UKC booth, and I said, "Boy, that's a tall fellow right there." And yeah. We, I don't know. We just always seem to get along great and yep, had a, good a real good friendship over the years. You know, I met him when uh, 
I was hunting that T-Rex dog for yeah. Randy Smith. Yeah. And Randy's had him come down and take some, some pictures. pictures. Yeah. yeah. And those pictures that you've seen in the ads, yeah. uh, there's two different ones, and those both were pictures that Randy took. Yeah. He, he's really good with that camera. Oh, yeah. You mean uh, Mark? Took, Mark, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. No, no, that's I'm a, sorry. Oh, he's an excellent woodman. Yeah. But he told me one time, he said, guys are telling me, hey, come on, shoot a picture of my dog. He said, they don't realize what that involves. I know. You know, you have to go the distance wherever the dog is. And then you got to, you know, Mark, if he, t I went out with Jerry Mall and Mark at Aurora, Kentucky one night to take some pictures of Jerry's jenny female he had and it's a procedure i mean yep. mark it's not just go up there and get the dog to catch him with his mouth open and snap the picture i yep. mean it's lighting and it's trimming the brush around and it's like everything that yeah. i was it, amazed at what he what he went through to yeah. and he it was successful oh yeah well, both every, of them are great pictures that the thing that you uh, learn through life, and I know you have this learned this too, Bruce, is, you know, the, this thing of luck involves the people that you think are lucky. There's a lot of hard work yes, in sir. the background. You make luck. That's right, for sure. Well, what do you think about this sport of coon hunting? Where does it go? I know it's changed a lot. It has for me, for sure, you know, over the years. And I kind of had a different track from a lot of people I worked with these registries you know for so many years but I always loved hunting and I hunted every available night that I could go I've hunted all my life and really enjoyed it and one of, never thought I would see the day when the sport would be in decline you know but it is yes. I, I don't think we can deny that do you? No it's, it's for sure going downhill well we just uh, hang in there as long as we can, I guess. You yeah. Know? I, I'm uh, inspired or encouraged by people that I meet. Uh, nubbing there, there's a guy down uh, his way, Harold Edwards. I think he's in his low 90s. Fred Moran over there uh, in Pennsylvania, he's uh, well up in his 80s. Uh, Wimp Aaron down at Schooner River Dogs down in Mississippi, he's He's past. He's up in his eighties, yeah. maybe eighty-five or better. So it encourages me that I might be able, you know, to to do it for a few more years. But uh, you know, it's uh, what are your plans? You got any pups coming on, or any young dogs you're working uh, with? Or? Randy gave me a pelt, a pup he raised off of uh, Hillbilly Deluxe. Yeah, I remember uh, when he made. And is that off a shot? The female? Or what did he breed to Deluxe? I don't remember what his mama is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, six months old, but I haven't done anything to get him started because I got surgery next week. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I didn't want to get something started. I couldn't mm -hmm. go on with I see, I see. Well, I hope that works out well for you. It's, you think you're going to be over it and all the time coon season comes in? You can get the Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, good. well, not if I listen to the doctor, but <laughs> I never have. <laughs> well, that's the truth. You know, I I had a little speed bump back in 2006. It's hunting there in, in North Carolina. Got the big old heavy chest pains and ended up in Duke, 
University Hospital with a double bypass. And oh. It wasn't very long, though. You know, I was back out there. I, I was up in Wisconsin. We started a hunt up there called uh, uh, Heartland Classic. And I'm out there unloading the vans and hauling this heavy carpet and all this. I said, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this. I know. I, I, <laughs> you know well, we, it's hard to We can't quit. count the number of times we told ourselves that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, Bruce, it's been great to visit with you. We've been here about 20 minutes now, and uh, uh, I just really thank you for taking the time to stop by. I'm glad you, you mentioned earlier that you are going to come by and see me, and I'm glad that you did. And and I want to get a commitment here from you sometime. We're going to sit down on the phone and kind of peel back the layers a little bit on some of this dog training. Okay. I think you've got a, worth, uh, a wealth of information to share with people because uh, your reputation precedes you in that regard. Thank you. So, well, you're welcome. Well, thanks for coming by, Bruce. Anytime. That's Bruce Jansen from Otterbein, Indiana, over in the western part of Indiana. And it's a great, uh, great to see him again. Well, it's uh, my happy privilege to bring to the Gone to the Dogs mic, Mr. Clayton Stark. Yeah. Stark Outdoors yep. YouTube channel. Yeah. Glad you stopped by, Clayton. Yeah, it was nice nice to meet you finally yeah. and yeah. talk to you. Yeah, same here. In fact, uh, thank UKC for providing this nice media area yeah, this is for really us. Nice. You know, that, that's something that... Uh, they they kind of, I guess, went on their own. I certainly didn't have anything to do yeah. with lobbying for it, but I sure do appreciate it. Yeah, it makes it nice. That way we can meet people, and it's all in one area. So if yeah. they want to go meet people that do media stuff, they can just come in here and yeah. air-conditioned real nice. Yeah, yeah and we're kind of cross-pollinating here between the different sources, you know. You yeah. Got, uh, I see a good friend, Chirpy Birdsall, here coming from uh, – Virginia. Chirpy, I'm going to get with you in just a minute. We're recording. Good to see you. Chirpy Birdsall, wife of Dr. David Birdsall. They are just, I guess, uh, you know, they're just uh, amazing people and have been around this sport so long. Yeah. And their daughter, Kathy Shorter, very successful show in dogs. Mm -hmm. They have black and tans. Curtis Peace, uh, a younger man that has traveled with them and and all, they're just such great people. And so, pardon me for interrupting no, Eric Clayton. You know, the God, that's the thing about automotives is just so great is you see so many people. Yeah, that's know, one thing I that. always look forward to is mm-hmm. you can come down here, and if anyone coon hunts, they're probably going to be down here one of these days during this event. Yeah. Well, uh, my partner and, and a guy that I've met just within the last year or so, uh, he and I partner on a dog now, uh, Keston Jesse from – Virginia. This is his first automobile. Oh, really? And he asked me back, and uh, my friends at Grand American may not like what I said, but I, he said, "Where shall I go to, automobiles or Grand American?" I said, "Well, go to automobiles first, <laughs> you, because it's coming up, and yeah. then you can go to Grand American in January, and you both, you definitely need to do both." But uh, automobiles to me is just, you know, it, it's been the event yeah. for UKC, you know, for so many years, and. uh and all, and this, we, I want to thank you for 
for giving me an opportunity to stand before your camera there. We talked yeah. a little bit going on, but I want to talk to you a little bit. You're always in, interviewing people and, and really enjoying you get out there and actually get to see these dogs yeah. go. And, and you've mastered, I, I don't know if you master is the right term, but you sure have done a good job with getting the lighting and, uh, you know, I've done some videoing yeah. uh, at night and, uh, I found some better lights to use and so forth, but you're doing a great job. Uh, what's the background on Stark Outdoors? How did you get into all of this? Uh, my dad is like 75 years old, and he's a Vietnam veteran, and he oh, doesn't get God around very good him. anymore, so he can't go hunting that much. And about 10 years ago, he's he's coon hunting his whole life, and I grew up hunting with him, and he couldn't really hunt his dogs anymore, so I took over hunting his dogs for him, and I wanted him to be able to still feel like he's out there. So. Absolutely. I started recording his dogs for him, and that's just kind of how I got into it. And I could post it on YouTube, and then he could get on and watch it. Yeah. No matter, no matter what, if it's late at night or whenever, you can always just go back and listen mm-hmm. to that dog. Or, if, and then when you think you're recording dogs, if you've been doing this for a while, you've had one that has passed away that you wish you could see oh, go. Absolutely. And now you can kind of go back in time and see mm-hmm. him hunt. So that's kind of well, how I started. Down through the years, I did some video and with, you know, video cameras yeah. and, uh, and all of that. And, of course, the quality is nothing compared to what we have now. Yeah. But I still go back. I keep an old VCR around mm-hmm. so I can pop those old tapes in. Yeah. I've got one that's like, I don't know what the the format was, but it's got a smaller cassette. And, and I can use the camera as, as the a VCR. VCR. Yeah. And I go back and I, I watch those things over and over because... You know, just remembering those old dogs right. and stuff. So basically what you're doing now is archiving a lot of stuff yeah. that down the road, you know, uh, people are really going to enjoy. Yeah. I mean, just think of all the dogs you see now a couple generations back in pedigrees where we didn't have the technology to do that. Right. 20 years from now, if someone wants to know they see something in the pedigree a lot, they could look it up and see that dog hunt and see how it sure. looked. Sure. And good quality, see how it sounded like, yeah. what it opened like, how it treed. So it's yeah. it's good information to keep. Well, you're going a step above now. There's a fellow named, I don't know if you ever heard of this, but the fellow named Brian Oglesby out in Arkansas okay. did a legend series on okay. the popular stud dogs of the year of the day. Yeah. And he would travel around, but and it would be a, a, a clip where he'd interview the owner and the guy could say a little bit about the mm-hmm. dog and they'd show the pedigree. And then basically how the dog treed. Right. You get out there and he had the lighting set up and everything mm-hmm. so you could see that dog tree. But that was it. Like, you right. know, I, I talked to you earlier about watching my buddy Bill Scheninger with his yeah. plot. Uh, you know, you're actually getting the experience mm-hmm. of that. And to take that a step further to what you said about your dad, I have a couple partners that we have pups together. Well, those guys send me video. Yeah. yeah, I'm sitting in Florida in a sauna. It's a stinking hot down yeah. there. And these guys are out hunting. Of course, it's hot where they are too. But mm-hmm. And they send me these videos. And man, that, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I sit there. My wife thinks I'm watching TV with her. I got on my <laughs> earbuds, you know, yeah. <laughs> AirPods or whatever. And I, I'm I'm seeing these pups. Dogs treeing. Treeing and, <laughs> and the guys walking to the tree and all that. So, yeah, it's great, man. You know, this is something that came to mind to me, and I don't know. We probably don't want to get too deep into it. But, you know, there's so much control 
of the media nowadays. Yeah. You know, I saw recently where a Facebook page yeah. for English Coonhounds, mm-hmm. I think it was. I don't know if it was the association page or anything, but Facebook. It was the biggest English page. Yeah, and, and they shut it down yeah. because of the references. Well, f- there might have been some buying and selling of dogs, yeah. and that's probably the biggest mm-hmm. offense, which that's the thing out there, guys. You know, you like this media, you like the sound of the, and the video and all that, you know, play by the rules because right. these people control us. Yeah. You know, do you think there's any chance YouTube could ever come down and say we won't do hunting videos anymore? Not hunting videos, just like a blanket thing, because that makes so much money for them. Because yeah. the, especially with the younger generations, and it's not just coon hunting, but deer, deer oh, yeah. hunting. Yeah. Any form of hunting that is in the media, it's bigger on YouTube and vid- any more than like the Pursuit Channel or Outdoor Network. Uh, a lot of those videos get bigger viewership on YouTube than they do on TV anymore. That's why... Like Mike Waddell and Bone Clay, like all those people, mm, they all yeah. have YouTube channels now. And they're all yeah. kind of going to YouTube because more people have smart TVs and mm-hmm. they can watch stuff like that on TV and not pay a cable bill yeah. to watch those shows. So mm-hmm. I don't see them just getting rid of it just because it's such a yeah. money maker all day, for them. As long as it's making money. Yeah, that's all they care about. Yeah, exactly. Well, I sure hope not, but that's always been in the back of my mind. You right. Know, because our community now, of course, I've written for magazines for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, enjoy it. In fact, I'm going to be stepping up my efforts in American Cooner uh, with the Gone to the Dog section at the at the opening of American Cooner now going forward. Since uh, God love him, John Wick has done such a great yeah. job through the years, and John is you know kind of stepping back now. And uh, so, but so I love the print media. I still like to get the magazines too. and stuff, and because that was my roots of you know, that's how I, I, that's what opened the whole door of Coon yeah, to me, me <laughs> living in southern West Virginia in coal mining country where, you know, we, we didn't have any night hunts. Right. We did have a local coon club, but uh, there wasn't much to it, you know, as far as organized stuff. Mm. But uh, so I want to see the, the, the print media continue. But man, you know, you, the videos and, uh, and the podcasting, and I know when Chris Powell and I started Houndsman XP about three years ago, we were basically the only game in town. Yeah. And now, you know, there's podcasters everywhere. Right. So the whole the whole temperature of that's changed, but you can't stop change. You know, you got to roll with it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Just to go yeah. back to what you're saying about the magazines, that's yeah. one reason why I got the camera I have. It's not just a camcorder; it takes pictures too. Because yeah. Like I, I grew up hunting with dad, but he always got the full cry and the coon, all those mm-hmm. magazines. Yeah. So when I was just, I mean, little, little, I would always look at those pictures and all that. And that yeah. had a huge impact on me, I'm sure. Cause that's, I love taking those pictures because oh, yeah. that's what I saw in magazines when I was a kid. So yeah. I hope they continue making those magazines too. Cause yeah. it's nice to sit down and watch a video, but you also like reading stuff too. I like oh, reading I do. pictures. I, yeah, I've always been a voracious reader. I, from the time I was a little kid, I read everything I get my hands on. And uh, it, it was just something I always enjoy, and I still do. Mm-hmm. I love to read westerns. Yeah. I get on uh, Kindle, you know, my, and I you can get western novels free, right. a lot of them, you know. And I just consume a lot of stuff. And that's that's a leisure activity for me that I've yeah. always enjoyed, you know. So I'm, I'm going to try to continue to keep some print content out mm. there, you know, for the guys that do like the whole 
hold a book, right. a magazine in our hands. But there's nothing like just. And man, the great thing about it is these smartphones and all. I sit there, you know, and I look at something. Maybe you got a video on, like I can just cast it to my TV and I sit yeah. there in my in my easy chair and watch it. Yeah. You know, but when it used to be, there wasn't much. I can remember way back. It was network TV mm-hmm. back then. There was no Fox. It was ABC, NBC, CBS. And there was a program called Wild, A Wide World of Sports. I, and there was a guy named Kirk Gowdy mm-hmm. that was one of the guys on there. And they did a uh, hunt. Uh, I think it was hound hunting for lions or something. Yeah. It's like, golly, <laughs> it's awesome, man. Yeah. Why don't you do more of this? Well, you know, the market wasn't there. I yeah. Guess, but. But so now you're really filling that void for a lot of people, man. I, yeah. That's good. And there's, uh, and it's not just coon hunting too. I do squirrel hunting and yeah. basically my, any hunting with dogs I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot of people out there that hunt yeah. big game or all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. And there's not, there's a few people that do it as far as like on TV and stuff, but there's not a lot of content video wise for people like that out there. Right. Well, I kind of made a personal decision on that, uh, when I left the Houndsman XP podcast, uh, Chris and I uh, had a great thing going there, but he wanted to do a lot more of the d- diversified stuff. Yeah. And that was great. I mean, the lion hunting out west mm-hmm. and bear hunting and all the different stuff. I, I jokingly say, you know, kangaroos and jackrabbits <laughs> and all that. But no, that, you know, it does a great chopping on it. But I had a little heart to heart with myself and I said I'm a coon hunter yeah. that's what I love that's what I want to do I can't and if I want to build a, an, an audience I'm okay if they're all just coon hunters yeah you know it doesn't really bother me I mean and I I probably better clarify that I love it when the big game hunters listen to my podcast and listen to these stories because right. a lot of them get their foundation for their hounds from yeah. the coon hounds yeah. you know but my heart's in coon hunting. Right. So in the evolution in the podcast with me, I just decided I would concentrate on coon hunting. Yeah. You know. Nothing wrong and, with that. Well, no, and I think I can maybe do a little better job that way, you know. But um, it's all it's all good. This has just been a way for me to kind of keep my hand in the sport yeah. a little bit, you yeah. know, because I don't. I'm not out there, you know, busting the brush like I used to. <laughs> yeah. I still hunt and still enjoy it a lot. But uh, w- what about your personal hunting activities and all? What kind of dogs you got at home? Uh, mostly walkers, and I yeah. got some mountain curs. Oh, okay. O- over the years, Dad had mostly walkers growing up, but mm-hmm. he wasn't opposed to a blue tick or a plot. Or oh, yeah. If it was a good coon dog, we mm. would have it. We never. Oh, yeah. Some what? people get caught up in that. I don't. I'll. I like all coon hounds, and we squirrel hunted with coon hounds when I was a little kid, too. Mm-hmm. And then I, going back to the Full Cry magazine, I saw yeah. those mountain curs on there treed, and that mm. got me into them, too. And oh, I got yeah. a really good one. He actually turned into a really good coon dog, too. Yeah. So I was talk, I've talked to two guys here today that are into cur dogs or leopard dogs and things. Uh, Brett, uh, ben Sheets, who does yeah. a, a podcast himself, was by, and then Marty Stanton. From Indiana is a guy I've known for years and years, and he's a cur dog. He used to be a plot guy. Yeah. And then he kind of converted over to curves and all. And we talked, you know, a lot about. But see, my background with my dad, 
I grew up on all the stories of Pat and Mike. Pat and Mike were a pair of cur dogs that belonged to my dad and his brother. Mm-hmm. And my dad had to leave for the Army when he was 19 years old. And then World War II broke out, and he was gone six years. And then that's when he moved to West Virginia after marrying my mom. So the cur dog thing kind of got left in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But I was raised on the stories of those good cur dogs. Yeah. And they were so interesting. It was like they were old yeller. Yeah. You know, I mean, my, my grandmother, I, I said on a podcast one day, uh, my dad told me this many times. Said, mother would say, boys, you've left out an article of clothing somewhere. You've left a shirt or hat or gloves or something out because the dogs are not here. Yeah. And the dogs hadn't come to the house. And you go find that. And they'd go find old Pat or old Mike. And he'd be laying on that shirt yeah. or whatever, you know, because he knew that belonged to somebody. And they right. Were sitting there. I mean, Some amazing stories. Some were really smart. Yeah. <laughs> And they, you know, and, and even the plot dog in its history was kind of, I called it the utility dog of the Southern mm-hmm. Appalachians because they would herd, they would guard, they yeah, would do, do everything. Other, you know, like old Yeller, you know. Right. But uh, I cried when old Yeller died. Yeah. You, know, you remember that song? Yeah. She didn't cry when old Yeller died and yeah. something. They was breaking up with the gal because yeah, she didn't that. cry for <laughs> It's a wonderful world with these dogs. So I you agree. Know, it is. It's it's terrific. Well, Clayton, I know you're a busy man, and uh, maybe sometime we can get together and do a do a whole podcast and yeah, talk about good. some of your adventures. Oh, what you got coming up on the channel? Uh, right now it's kind of difficult because a lot of people want to wait until it gets cooler out. But uh, and then probably in October. I'll start getting with some people. I'm getting with Kevin Cable and Money in the Bank. We're oh, awesome. With him. Awesome. And Scott Engel and Echo. Oh, yeah. Go. That Echo, that's one I would like to watch because yeah. I've seen a couple of the the uh, pro sport, you know, videos that mm-hmm. Greg Maynard's done and stuff with the phone. Right. Uh, that uh, That is a hound that I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah, that's I, what everyone. He seems like a phenomenal dog. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just those two and... Mm-hmm. Those are two good uh, Randy ones. Smith and the Lone Pine Dogs, yeah. he wants to get together. Yeah. So Randy is my buddy. He and I have become very good friends since 2016 when he won the World Hunt mm-hmm. with uh, Lo- uh, the Lone Pine Biffy Sioux female. And, of course, I got a Lone Pine pup. And, well, it, 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 it was a kind of a sad ending because he developed some real serious problems due to thyroid oh. i think it was the issue but he definitely has a low thyroid and that's something that randy has never had in his dogs which is so it's kind of weird but hmm. but anyway yeah randy i'll be going up to randy smith's the end of uh september first october he's having a kind of a big blowout for the all the guys that handle the long pine okay. dogs and stuff and all that should be a, a fun time. I'll have to check he, my schedule and yeah, see if that'd be a good yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> he might be wanting you to go. I, I can't speak for Randy, right. you know, but, but he he and Terry Walker just got back from another big fishing trip to Alaska and showing me the picture of 50-inch <laughs> northern pike and all. That'd be a good those time. Guys are, those guys are fishermen for sure. But Well, hey, it's great. I... Uh, I'm going to try to ease out of this booth here. I've been here pretty much all morning. <laughs> try to get around to see some of the vendors and yeah. stuff, you know. And I, there's not much that they make anymore that I need. I'm not 
I don't hunt hard enough to wear out a pair of boots. And, uh, but, uh, I gotta have the latest gadget, yeah. you know, how that works. Yeah. If you need it, it's out there. I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, thanks for stopping by Clayton. It's really good to meet you eyeball to eyeball. Yeah. And, uh, I, I want to encourage you to continue what you're doing because a lot of people really enjoy it and appreciate it. Good. Well, thank you for having me on. It's great. Great to hear you say that. And nice meeting you. Yes. Yeah, nice meeting you too. Clayton Stark with Stark Outdoors. Check them on YouTube. Well, we managed to catch a busy man here at the Gone to the Dogs podcast booth. Want to thank you publicly, Alan Gingrich, uh, the Chief Potentate of the Field Ops Department at UKC. <laughs> man, you're a busy man. I really appreciate a few minutes of your time, Alan. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a busy weekend, but it sure is a fun weekend. Oh, yeah. Autumn Oaks is always always that of nothing, isn't it? It's, it's uh, But to see everything moving and working and smoothly and all, you got a great – things are different. They're yeah. definitely different, you yeah. know, since the years. But it's kind of fun. I've told the listeners here on these previous interviews about how we're in the building where, you know, we used to do everything right here in this one room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. From where I'm sitting at, you know, I remember, I think you and I talked about a little bit how this building used to be set up at. And yeah. I remember, you know, coming in, taking entries. And I always, I always am able to tell folks, you know, that I got turned on one time at Automotive. <laughs> I came up here and I didn't have my easy entry card oh. with me and Todd wouldn't let me hunt. Oh, yeah. that's. <laughs> I, I've told a story about, it's kind of funny and I know, you know, but it goes back to the days of people will remember Emmett Brohard. I don't know if you remember him. I know the name, but I didn't know yeah, him. Yeah, he was a hunter that was quite active and ran in the world hunt back when it first started out, you know, back in the 70s and i think he was in a final four at uh, at out in iowa and the year that the uh, banjo the rock river banjo dog won it in 82 but anyway emmett was very critical of ukc in his column in full cry magazine and continuing and they said why is emmett so anti-UKC. What'd they ever do to him? And I think, <laughs> yeah. well, it was at the World Hunt in Princeton, Indiana in 84. Yeah. And he stood through the line and didn't have any paperwork, didn't have any yeah. anything. to. And he said, well, you know this dog. He was in the Final Four last year. And Fred is like, I know. <laughs> yeah. But what does the rule say? <laughs> so yeah. that was start of vendetta, yeah. you know. Yeah. He used to call autumn oaks the autumn hoax. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, just yeah. funny stuff from the past, you know. Yeah. What a great history! Isn't uh, it good to look back? Oh well, as you get older, Alan. Of course, I'm a lot older than you are. You'll look back a lot more because. I told somebody today, I think it was Lindale Price or somebody we were talking about, I said, we work for those memories. You know, I mean, we lived that through mm -hmm. all that, and mm -hmm. everybody's memories are different. But w that's why we like to go back and look mm -hmm. at them, because they were great times, things we enjoyed, with people we enjoyed, good dogs, all that stuff, you know. And that's, I guess, what I'm trying to do with this podcast. And I know a lot of the young guys, I'm tired of your old story. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's... That's where I am now. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, you know, and I've always loved history, history too. You know, and here mm-hmm. several weeks ago, we dug into the back mm-hmm. history of Autumn Oaks, mm-hmm. and, and we wouldn't know it. Like you could probably tell us a whole. Well, uh, to a point, but after mm-hmm. I left, then all that history, you know, you guys have that I don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as right. you get older, that's going to be a history that you can relate that I don't have a clue about because right, but, I wasn't here. Yeah, you know? but you dig back into the old articles, you know, how mm-hmm. this started. And it's really interesting. You know, it, I yeah. had no idea that they first, you know, a bunch of the same, like old Manford Craver oh, was yeah. involved with it. He was the manager of all yeah. the most. He lived in Greencastle. Yeah. A red bone man. Of course, that was your breed, you know, and all. And Manford... Uh, was very much a part. Manford, I, did you ever meet him? Never, never that, did. You know, he a, was he was in all the Redbone history books and all that. You, you talk know, but about he was a, a classy guy. Yeah, and he always wore the little fedora hat and he maybe half a sport coat on yeah. or something. He, yeah. I mean, and he was very astute. You know, and yeah. he he wrote the first rules. Yeah, corner. I know. Yeah, and then Dale Brandenburger kind and of was involved with the implementation of the original the rules. original rules. Yep. Absolutely. What yeah. a guy he was. He was a great guy. And yeah. I remember the then President Fred Miller, when Manford died, he drove to Greencastle and attended oh, yeah. Manford's funeral. Yeah. And, yeah, Manford was very much a part of the history, especially of Autumn Oaks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, legend has it they all had met at the Kenton Nationals, and that's mm-hmm. where they where the whole idea kind of, they had a mm-hmm. meeting there, I guess, and that's where the they put the plan together and, yeah. And here we are. But, you know, the most the thing that I didn't realize until we really dug into the history of it was that it was really in 1960. I, you know, I just never paid that much attention when the first one right, was. Right. But 1960, that's soon after the very first night hunts. And if you think about it. Yeah, six years, roughly. You know, this yeah. was a major event. And and to that it still is what it is today is pretty amazing. It is. It the is, longevity yeah. is. Yeah. It's a, it's a great story. And I, you know, old guys tended to, you know, I, I kind of hung that event where history's made yeah. on the yep. event while I was here because that's what I thought about. And yeah. You think about the history of the great dogs, you mm-hmm. know. And, of course, in my breed was always the plot. And Dale Brandenburger won the very first Autumn Oaks yeah. with a plot. Yep. Pioneer Drum, 1960. And I always remember my dad had a picture. The plot days then followed Autumn Oaks. It was in September. Back in those days, and Dale Brandenburger would drum right after he had won Autumn Oaks yeah. at Chillicothe, Ohio. And there in front of the old family Ford of my dad's is Dale with drum in this picture. I yeah. still have it. Yeah. You know, and that was, you know, I had never even been to Autumn. Well, that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. You know, and some other names you dig into the history thing, you know, back in the old days, as you remember, they they had a lot of spectators would go out and look oh, at, yeah. watch some of the big name dogs, but they were talking about in the very first one in 1960, there was a young, a young guy that was in, or that was along that, with that group that went out spectating. And it was a young Fred Moran. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Fred is in yeah. his eighties now, yeah, exactly. you know. Yeah, well, that's the crazy thing about mm-hmm. life, Alan, is it goes too quick. Mm-hmm. But when you're living it and working it and all, you don't realize it. But, man, when you finally get to that stage where you have to say, you know, I don't know I can do anymore is look back. I can, there's not a whole lot to look, you yeah. know. But, uh, yeah, I, I well, was— 
I would, you know, when we dug into all that history stuff and, and even still today, you know, I, I would really love to, it would be so interesting to be able to sit down with some of those forefathers that were involved in oh, the yeah. first part, just to, just to listen to their, yeah. I'm sure they would have had a lot of stories. and Just a few minutes ago there, before you sat down, Trent Gordon was through, and yeah. then, and he's the grandson of Lester Nance. He and his brother Kip, you know, they've mm-hmm. kept Walker dogs. Mm-hmm. And Trent had his uh, grands, or son, I guess, or uh, it was Lester's great great grandson. Oh yeah, was here with a Walker dog, of yeah. course. And 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 Trent was quick to say, "I was born in Lester Nance's basement." Oh yeah, because he lives yeah. in the home old home place where they. But Lester Nance, you know, was the guy that kept pounding UKC to register the Tree and Walker as Tree and Walker. Yeah. And Dr. Furman at first kind of blew him off and all that, you know, and that whole story. But, uh, yeah, and Lester was the first guy to judge, set up the first UKC bench show. And That's that was right. at he was. Lee he was. Yep. on Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. But I guess then the coon hunters said, you know, this field trial thing at Kent, this is not coon yeah. hunting. Yeah. Let's do something that's coon hunting, you yeah. know. Yeah, well here it is. It is it's I'm sure it looks a lot different than it did back then, you know, but it's it's still uh one of the majors and in, in and you're right. A lot of history has been made yeah. here. Yeah, for sure. I was fortunate to go to a couple of automoats at the old fairgrounds in Greencastle mm-hmm. back in that day. And there was a lot of people, but as we, it began to grow you know, and through the homecoming to Indiana back in 84. And then, you know, it just seemed to, for a while there, I mean, the crowds just kept swelling and swelling. Yeah. And we didn't have the Raper Center over here uh, where you do the shows now. We had to cram everything in this building right, right here. But uh, it's just a great story, though, for sure. Well, how's this one gone so far? We're here at, on uh, Friday afternoon uh, about uh, coming on six o'clock, you had the duels last night. That's where the the dogs have to be a show champion and a not, at least a night champion. Right? That's correct. Yes, okay. and they hunt by breeds. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the first round in the hunt. They hunt against their own breed, and then uh, those cast winners will come back. Uh, and they showed today. And I heard a walker dog won. It. Yeah, uh, you know, we were busy with this hunt stuff about that time. I heard a walker dog won. I'm not even sure who it yeah, was yet. Yeah, but someone told me the name, and I, I didn't catch it at yeah, all. But it'd be, yeah. But, uh, we'll yeah. find out tonight who yeah. it was. Well, I'm yeah. proud of the fact that the first one was won by a plot. Yeah. That was uh, Bill Harrell's Logan yeah, dog sure with was. Becky Church sure was. handling, I think. So Yeah. So we had, we had a few, you know, plot people were not – Many, but we're mighty. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. always that's always fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, Alan, I really appreciate you coming by. How how are things going overall? I mean, it's a smooth. Going you know, they're smooth? going they're going very well. You know, the crew that we we have here, it's I'm always amazed. We just work so well together, and, mm. and uh, yeah, it shows. It well, you know, yeah. it's we we all do work well together, and. and um, Everybody's just professional, you know. And, they are. Uh, we don't have a lot of griping and this and that. And just as a good crew to work yeah. together. And and we, I think part of it is, or a lot of it has to do with everybody loves working this event. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
Was that you know that also makes a difference, sure. I guess. But it's it, we have a lot of fun. Yes, it's a uh, it's a lot of work uh, for a lot of folks. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. us, not just our staff. There's also a lot of other people behind oh, yeah. the scenes that do do a lot of work. You know, sure. but uh, yeah, it's fun and it's. Uh, I just can't believe it's it's here. This summer oh, just has just flown by, and yeah. here here we are at Autumn Oaks again. Well, you guys have a full plate. I mean, you know, you have your Beagle programs going big guns, and you got now you got the American Field program there, mm-hmm. brought them into the fold, and yeah. all those things. So I know you got to be incredibly busy, but uh, it, it's just great to still have a place, you know, the Coon Hunter. This is. Coonhorns are proud of this event. Yeah. And I said this on another interview earlier, and my friends down at Grand American, they understand. Keston, this young fellow that I've partnered with on this Walker pup, and he loves coon hunting. He hunts every night. I mean, this kid. He's from Virginia. Virginia, he's, yeah. yeah. He's a farm kid that has, well, he has his own business. He has a lawn care landscape. Oh, yeah. Business. Works yeah. dawn to dusk, and then he coon hunts every night on top. But he... He said, where should I go? Grand, if you had your choice, would you go to Grand American or Autumn Oaks? I said, well, you want to go to both, but I'd go to Autumn Oaks first. Yeah. Because that's where you'll really, you know, get a taste of what this thing is So about. what's he been saying about it? Is oh, he he's loving enjoying it. Every oh, Good. Yeah, I think Good. the vendors are having a record year because every, time, every time he comes from the vendor barn, yeah. he's got an armload of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know. I hope they are. I, but hope, so. Anyway, yeah. I hope so, too. I like to make my rounds around, kind of get a yeah. feel, see yeah. how they're doing. You always want everybody to do good, you know, right. including the vendors. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it's been a, a plus. And I've, I've got him lined up tonight to go out on a cast and, uh, it'll be his first time actually out on a licensed cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He went and spectated a youth hunt back home uh-huh. the other night. So he's got the itch, you know, yeah. but he, he's kind of guy that likes to do it, everything, get his ducks in a row, you know. So yeah. I told him, well, so he's going out with the uh, 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 former world champion, Lane Denny. Tonight. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. I, they, they're both kind of cut from the same cloth yeah good, there so. you go lane was in the dual national championship thursday night here, yeah yeah and he won his cast so yeah. uh, i don't know what i guess he won his cast they said a walker dog won it so i don't uh, know if it was I him don't or know not if it was him or not i have no idea but uh, yeah it's great to see these young guys coming on and that's and and uh they you know uh, i have a question for you so you yeah. see the crowd today back in the you know in your days uh, I would, you know, we have them from, we have hunters out there that are in their seventies, probably Charlie oh, yeah. Morris is here. I mm-hmm. know he's probably close to 80, I think, you know, in his upper seventies oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. still hunting, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I would say the majority of our hunters are, I don't know, the average is probably right in there in the what early thirties, maybe say, you think oh, as yeah. far as yeah. the majority, yeah. the how majority. was it, how was it back in your day about oh, the same you think or? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, because back then, in the early days, we really didn't have veterans cast or senior cast and, uh-huh. and whatnot, and most of the guys were going at it pretty hard, but there were some guys in the, I can remember like in a red bone breed, Joe Melton, he uh-huh. was he was probably in his 50s, you know, maybe approaching 60, uh, Dave Dean, yeah. you know, was, yep. was up there in those, so you had several of those guys that were still hitting it you yeah. know pretty hard uh 
I'd say that demographic hasn't changed a lot, but I'm thinking, well, on one end, I think there's a lot more percentage-wise, probably a lot more young hunters coming into so? the sport now yeah. than there were back then. Because think about this, and you mentioned it. 54 or so is when the night hunt started around there, okay? And then Autumn Oaks comes along six years later. Uh, but those guys, you know, the James Merchants and all those guys, they weren't, they were in their 30s back in that day, you know? So yeah. it's probably about the same. Yeah. You know, probably about the same when you I would I would have loved to have been a part of that. Oh. To hang around and hunt with James Merchant and some of those guys. Those guys, yeah. And and, and Joe House and and John Monroe was in that group. Yeah. And Wayne Clark back in those days. And, of course, the guys, Fred Moran, he's running hunts forever. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> yeah. <ain't never. laughs> he um, is. Fred, how you doing? I'm great. Well, I went hunting last night, but, I, you know, how old are you again, Fred? 85. Yeah, yeah let That's me tell you, he's always got a story, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. I love it. And people that listen to my podcast love him. I said, where's Fred been? Bring bring more Fred. Yeah, more Fred. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. in fact, yeah. I got to do that. So I haven't seen him today. I thought I, he would be here, but I, and I haven't seen him either. I so think I'm not he sure planned to come. And so, uh, this is interesting. Lee Logan from Pennsylvania was just by the booth while ago and introduced me to his friend that he hunts with up there. And guess what this guy's name is? John Shetler. Oh, I met, I met him somewhere. He did introduce me to yeah. him. I, yeah. But he hunts blue tent. Oh, yeah. Different John Shetler. Yeah. But yeah. You're so, referring uh, to uh, the John Shetler with old Sonny Boy. Sonny Boy. Sonny Boy. Yeah, yeah, the Shetler, sire Boy. of, of uh, Finley River Chief. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a lot of people uh, remember that. But I'm finding a lot of the younger guys like the history. They really do like that stuff and uh, to, to know what was going on, you know. I always like to look back at the pedigrees and say, boy, I wish I could hum with that dog or that dog, you know. But uh, – now, these videos are showing here. Was that from last year, maybe? I see Lee Kearns on the screen. It looks like he's either judging or giving a seminar. Yeah, he was, he was judging. That was at the uh, World Show uh, Finals in Peru, Indiana. Okay, this last year. Let me see. Probably. That would have been, I want to say that was two years ago. We had okay. it two years in a row mm -hmm. in, uh, in Peru. So I'm thinking yeah. that that may have been last year. Yeah. Yeah, it may have been. It probably was last year. Well, for uh, listeners, there's a huge monitor uh, here, a screen in the headquarters building, uh, playing these uh, these video coverage, and and that's one thing UKC's done, uh, taking a lot of strides in the media area. You're doing a podcast, you and Trevor. Now. Yeah, we are. We started that this year. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, we're trying to that's learn from you. Oh, come on. I'm a rookie, man. I, when, when, back when Chris Powell asked me, you know, he said, man, we need to do a podcast. And I said, podcast? I've heard of them. I've never listened to one, you know. And the first year we were here after we introduced Houndsman XP, we spent all of our time with somebody's cell phone in our hands showing them how to find a podcast on the cell phone. Nobody really? knew. Yeah. They didn't yeah. even know what it was, yeah. you know. But now there's a whole, you know, a lot of them. So. It used to be where, you know, there weren't that many that I was really interested in as far as just hunting podcasts. Mm -hmm. But anymore, there's enough of them that uh, yeah. 
I, you can kind of pick and choose around. Yeah, you know, I don't listen yeah. to each one of them every week, but I'll just kind of surf them and see something that looks interesting yeah, to me, yeah. you know. And, certain and, people, certain guests they have yeah. on sometimes, yeah. Well, with me, I like to, you know, get with guy, people that I've known or heard about and just kind of. You mentioned rehash. Lee Logan, yeah. the one you did with him. Well, that yeah. was really interesting. A lot of reviews on that yeah. i got a lot of people told me they really enjoyed that yeah one. i did and i did yeah lee's got a lot of knowledge a lot of history was a very prominent figure in developing that clover line of dogs you know? for sure for yeah. sure yeah yeah and how many stories like that are there really out there i mean there's a lot of them if you could just pull these guys out now i found some of the older guys that come out and they're they're afraid of the it, mic. and especially yeah, yeah especially in this platform you yeah. know it's one thing to sit yeah. around and talk you know yeah, but put exactly a, put, put them headphones on them it's a little different story yeah, but yeah he did he did he did really great he did a good job yeah. and he came up to me just today and he said you know i enjoyed doing that podcast yeah. i said well Lee, yeah. we're gonna do another one we'll yeah. we'll uh we'll pick another time and dig down a little deeper you know and all but it's a great medium you know to uh to have that ability you know i i've said this before years ago i used to kind of dream wouldn't it be so cool to have a coon hunting radio yeah. show every sunday night tune in at 8 p.m you know ukc is on the air or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and but I thought, you know, you got to get all the stations, you got to get all the sponsors, you got to get all, it'd be impossible. And then along comes the internet and this thing called podcasting and streaming, you know, the the audio. I didn't know what a RSS feed was or any of that stuff, yeah. you know, and I still don't know much. But it's been a lot of fun for an old guy like me still give me an opportunity to do something in the sport, you know. Yeah, well, I've uh, you know been kind of busy here with stuff, but your your table, your booth is set up not far from our hunt headquarters, well, I think my, and you've had a good crowd over I've here all afternoon. A, I've so had a like. good crowd today. A lot of people here. It was awesome. I want to thank you publicly for this opportunity. Oh, you know, well, you're to very be welcome. Right here we, we appreciate the, you coming. on the front row. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, Alan, I know you're a busy guy, and you got a lot of things. Probably want to get some rest now that all the casts are called and all. Well, but, yeah, the the hardest part of the day is done now, but it went by so f yeah. so quickly here, yeah. you know, like it always does. Oh yeah. The week just like we come down here on a Tuesday, you know, and we're always a, talk about it on the way home. Yeah. Wow, that was fast. Yeah. You know, yeah. so here we are, the 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 busiest day of the mm -hmm. of the whole week on Friday. But we've got a band coming up that's awesome. That's going to play, and yeah. so we're all going to stay. Is that going to be over in the show arena? It's area, actually or? they're going to do it outside behind the show arena. So people pull up in oh, their in their awesome. carts and and their lawn chairs and Great stuff. Idea. And we're actually going to have some popcorn back there, and you can get free popcorn. And you guys and, are. And listen to the band, so it's a good time. So we're all our whole staff oh, is yeah. staying You're here. You're gonna we're gonna get a little Alan Gingrich up I, there. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know about now. that. But <laughs> yeah. some guy was by the booth today. He said, "You know, one year there, there was something wrong. The the national anthem wouldn't play, and Alan <laughs> Gingrich sang." I said, "Man, that has, <laughs> guy has many talents." <laughs> yeah, that was that was several years ago. They tried to yeah. play the national anthem, I think, through the laptop or something. It was yeah. not working, uh -huh. and we kind of stalled for like. 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and I saw it wasn't going to work. And what are you to do? 
<laughs> people, we've got, it, we've right? got people standing with their hats removed. I guess you just start singing it. That's, That's what, what I did. <laughs> well, good thing for the crowd. You could sing, actually. Well, I, I, I could sing it, but uh, not not yeah. like the lady did tonight. Oh, she, did a, she did a fine awesome. job. Yeah. Awesome. Is that a local lady? She is, works at the, one of the local radio stations. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. I shot a little cell phone video, you know, just uh, for my own benefit and all but uh well it's going great hope tomorrow now tomorrow you got an uh kind of like a repeat of this you got a show but it's for what champions and champions grands? and grands will show on saturday today they had the registered and then obviously the dual cast winners uh that showed but yeah and then we have a kids bench show on saturday in between the champions and grands awesome and stuff yeah well the listeners that are listening to this, obviously, are not going to get to participate because this is not live. It's recorded. It'll be aired uh, the Monday, uh, actually not the Monday following Automotes, but the following Monday. And uh, But you got to mark your calendars to, uh, for Labor Day weekend. If you like Coonhounds in any shape or form, you need to be at Automotes. Because this is where everybody comes. You got beautiful dogs everywhere you look. You got coon hunters wall to wall. You got all the vendors. You can do all your shopping in one place. It's just, it's an incredible event, Alan. It really is. Um, I thank you for allowing us to be part of it. Well, you're very welcome. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Well, it shows, and I do appreciate that deeply. All right, you have a great week. Thank thank you. You Get get some rest when you get Get back Get you some ice cream while you're here. Oh, yeah, I got to get that ice cream. But I was disappointed. I hear there's no more pork chop. There's (laughs) not. They uh, they just... uh, it was it was tough, you know, keeping keeping the help and all oh, that yeah. here. Oh, so, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, big undertaking. Well, Alan Gingrich, uh, manager of field oper- uh, field ops, or how? What's the title? I'm now? the director of hunting get, ops, is what they call it. Director of yeah. hunting ops. Back in my day, it was field operations. Director of hunting ops, Alan Gingrich. Thank you for your time, friend. I appreciate you coming by. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.